everyone. Welcome to Writing Easy, podcasts t- that take... Ga-la-la-la-la-la. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Writing Easy, the podcast about writing, but it's a little easier. I'm one of your hosts, Mary Mascari. And I'm your other host, Melissa Long. I killed that opening, huh? Yeah, nailed it. I am so good. Um, so we are continuing our series of Pixar's 22 Rules of Storytelling which are less rules and less Pixar than some really awesome tweets from a former employee of Pixar, Emma Coates, who I think was at Pixar then. So it's interesting to say that these are rules of storytelling by Pixar when they are still really great, but they're not not that official. Yeah, I don't think they're like using this as a checklist on every project that they do. <laughs> are they up on the wall? Probably not, no. But they're still good, so we're going to use them. Uh, This week, which one are we doing? Number five, right? Yep, number five. You want to read that one? Yeah. So uh, number five is simplify, focus, combine characters, hop over detours. You'll you'll feel like you're losing valuable stuff, but it sets you free. I do this all the time. Yeah. I I like – I actually do too much. I tend to like – Fwing, 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 cut things out. I think that kind of goes into what we've talked about before, how I, you know, wander around aimlessly until I finally land on a plot. I think I, that's me doing this. Maybe not. How about you? <laughs> I am the opposite. I need this, like, plastered on the wall right above my desk because I am a plotter and I love really complicated, rich stories. So I tend to overcomplicate everything. Uh, and then not be willing to cut things. And so it's really hard for me to do because I do feel like I'm losing something important. I'm like, but I love this character and this scene and it took me so long and this has to be here for this reason. And not realizing that I can still have the same impact with less. Which is not to say that you make it easier for your character, right? Because I'm seeing hop over detours and that, that doesn't mean avoid obstacles it just means stay yeah stay focused stay keep it tight now combine characters that's something i absolutely do not do i have tons of characters i like that but uh maybe i should try thinking about that i actually have i've done that i've combined characters um and revisions before was the better was it the combination better yes how so what happened almost always um, in a couple of instances, it because I had to think about the motivation, like what was the intention behind that character and what did I need them to do? And mm-hmm. a lot of times I would create side characters or sort of supporting characters that are only present in one scene or only present in uh. one way. And in that case, it's like it's more enriching for the story and the character development of my, my regular um, folks mm-hmm. to – be those um, drivers of, of those those supports and um, interact. And I think also when you're doing television and screen, well, screenwriting is a little bit different, but when yeah. you're writing for television, you have a set cast and everybody yeah. else is extra money and you've got to use the cast that you're given. So that is where I've learned to really think about how to creatively leverage different characters instead of adding in a bunch of extras. Yeah, limitations are great for creativity, aren't they? Mm-hmm. That's the hop over detours. That's kind of freeing to me as well to say, because I also sometimes feel the, the temptation to take everything that happens and 
dramatize it, right? In in an attempt to make the story more uh, interesting or or more to you know jack up the stakes to make nothing is easy. I can't make anything easy. Can't be making coffee easy. Everything has to be hard. Which you know there's that Kurt Vonnegut thing is you know, give him a conflict even if it's just like pouring a drink or whatever or going across the room. And so you're like, okay, well let's make everything a conflict. But maybe maybe you go too far with that and then you end up with this mess because it doesn't all tie together. You know, if I have trouble making coffee and the story's not about that, then, you know, just you could just make coffee. You could just skip it. Is it fine? So I, I mentioned previously on a previous episode that I did not know how to plot <laughs> when I first started. And I would do like very linear. And this was one of the things that I struggled with because I would always do transition scenes like yes uh you know they're getting in the car and they're driving to this other location for this other thing and you know i had people say like you do not need this scene we know where they're going like and if they show up at that place we know how they got there like we don't need to have the scene in the car and we don't need to see them walking out of the building we don't need all of that unless it's critical Mm -hmm. to the scene that you're trying to tell um and so I think that's a fun thing that like a lot of people forget, especially in your first drafts. You're just writing away and you're like, well, anything could happen on the drive. So yeah. I better include that. <laughs> like, and then yeah. you're like, mm, don't really need this. Yeah, I did the same thing. And actually, then that also kind of trips me up because then I'm sitting there thinking about like, well, how, what's their route? What dr- how do they drive? Let's, let me go get right. a map. I got I to gotta draw a map for this route <laughs> to get this. And I'm spending all this time on a freaking drive that doesn't matter. So keep. Yep. So that's I think that's where the focus part comes in. You know, keep your keep your focus on what you're trying to do, um, which focus is not my strong suit. Uh, it might be obvious. So, like, I think the simplify and the focus, you know, I, I alluded to earlier, I like the complicated plots, but I do think it's helpful even in really um, complex storytelling. And, like, if you look at mm-hmm. something like Game of Thrones or you look at something like Lost, where there's just a ton of characters, a ton of perspectives – um, a lot of mystery and things that people are trying to solve. And it can be overwhelming. I, I know some people who don't like either of those shows because mm-hmm. they're like, it's too much. But I think even, yes. <laughs> Game of Thrones, I was like, I can't keep track of everybody. And yeah, so I stopped reading. Yeah, it's 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 really hard to do. And so you have to know the story you want to tell. And then you still have to think about ways to simplify even the most complicated of plots or even the most, you know, expansive of casts. Like, I think one of the things that they do really well in Game of Thrones, at least in the TV show, Mm -hmm. was that you're not introduced to all, whatever, 20 characters at once. I mean, you are introduced to a lot of different things. um, But when you're focused on one character you're like you're in that character in that story and you're not like starting to weave in seeds and threads of things that are going to happen and you know three books later three seasons later you're focused on yeah. this particular objective and you have to know that if you're going to do complicated story yeah i think that the simplify and focus is is even more important when you're writing an expansive story like that because it can get muddied so easily so that's where you really have to keep your Keep your focus uh, nice and tight. And I know that they did combine some characters between the books and the TV show, didn't they? I believe so. Yeah. I didn't. I couldn't get through all the books. <laughs> I yeah. couldn't even get through the first book. Uh, yeah. yeah. Game of Thrones is just not my jam, but I, I, I read recaps a lot. So I like I knew what happened. 
but I never watched the show and I stopped reading the books in the third one. <laughs> so I'm not sure what that says about me, but... Uh... You value time. And then, of course, that, that last part is you feel like you're losing valuable stuff, but it sets you free, right? And, and we've talked about that before, how writing is cheap. To, to not make it too precious. Any of your writing is is just something you make and you can make more. Right. It's all it's all valuable. Um, so it's not that in cutting it out of your finished product or your current draft doesn't mean it's less valuable. It was the work that you needed to go through, the story that you needed to go through to get to your finished product, to figure out what it is you were trying to say. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's what you're uh, chipping off the, the statue. You just It doesn't yeah. mean that that was bad marble. It's just that's not the marble you need. And this is not to say that you delete it and it's gone forever. You put it in a folder of deleted stuff and some you go back to that again. If you're feeling stuck, look back and read that stuff. You might get some other ideas. Mary, have you ever um, cut a character or, or changed a plot that you like thought was just going to devastate you, <laughs> like that you really resisted and then made that change and it found it to be helpful? I think so. I can't think of an example, but I know I have. I know I've I've refocused stories so that they aren't what I thought they were about. Like I thought they were about this and I realized that they're not. And so there's a bunch of stuff that was, you know, relevant to the previous about and I had to get rid of that. Um, so I've had to do that. And that's, I, see, I like, like I said, I like that too much because then I feel like, oh, now I got it. Now I've got it. Now it'll be easier. Um, which is not true, but, uh, I probably have the opposite problem with this last part where I'm like, murder all the darlings, <laughs> let us bathe in their blood. It's a little bit much. <laughs> They're like, where's your cast? Where's the characters? <laughs> I cut them all. Look how simple this is. Everyone. Yeah. I, uh, so my thesis novel for at mm -hmm. Seton Hill, I actually had to go through this because when I came into the program and I had my first draft, it was an adult novel and I wanted to rewrite it as a young adult novel. And I had three or four, I had three main sort of protagonists or, or POV characters that were all adults. <laughs> and then I yeah. had um, like these, I don't know, like interludes or like small little snippets that were taking place in other um, areas throughout the story just to broaden the world. So there were just a lot of point of views um, mm -hmm. and when I moved it to YA, well, one, like there aren't a lot of young adult books that have a huge ensemble, um, cast mm -hmm. or character, uh, uh, set up. But also there were jobs that like just didn't make sense. I couldn't just age all of the characters yeah. down. And then, um, even though my main protagonist could be aged because she was sort of at that like 18 to 20, yeah. phase so like I could move her to 17 or 16 and still kind of get away with most of the, what she was doing and her sort of mindset um, and so yeah I had to cut characters I had to re-envision characters I had to age some characters and yeah. uh, it was really hard and I kind of pushed my mentor I was like nope I don't want to do that nope this will be fine nope I'll be the first one to ever do this way novel <laughs> this way it's yes. okay and and eventually um, I did change it and the finished product I will say the finished product worked I don't know that mm -hmm. I ever fully came to love it but it it would not have worked with those characters in the in the sort of casting in the way that I had envisioned it as an adult novel. So do, why do you think you resisted so much? Was just cuz you was it just a uh, uh, being overwhelmed in the 
oh my God, I have to do this again? Or is it, was it just a, no, I thought this was really great? Or is it a, well, if this wasn't good, how do I know I'm going to make another good one? I don't know. It was, I think it was a, and this is generally my problem. I think it was a just genuine mm-hmm. love for my characters. Um, mm-hmm. Because I'd done, I'd done so much work with them and like they become like friends and I wanted their personalities and their perspective to be present in the story. Um, and yeah. even though some of them still existed in the story, we weren't seeing it through their eyes. So there was a lot of information that I knew about these characters that the reader was no longer getting information or privy to because we were in their their perspective. Um, And so that's what made it hard was feeling like I love these characters, they have these great stories, and this wonderful personality, and you're not going to see any of it. (laughs) Yeah. But the thing is, you can also tell yourself that you can write something else with those characters, right? Like they're already there. It's so maybe you write a supplementary sort story from their point of view, or I've seen this happen where the sequel is from a different character's point of view. Because um, the main character's kind of done their thing, and like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna switch over here and see what they do. So you know, that that might help. It, I think that's what I do. Is I think, okay, well, I'm not using this now, but it doesn't mean I'm killing them. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit over here in stasis, and it just I think it makes it easier on me. Just telling myself maybe it's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's right because what ended up happening was I didn't. Um, publish the the thesis novel, but I did do an original pilot. And when mm. I was working with a studio exec on it, and we were going through the ideas, it was actually really helpful to know and be able to understand the broader cast. And I needed those adult characters again. Uh-huh. And so like, I'm like, Oh, no, I know who the who the rest of the cast is. And I could tell you the story from their perspective. I know where they are and what they're doing, because I had written that version of the novel um, and had all of that context. So it's like this well that I was able to go back and tap into and use all this content that I created. So it's not like, like this says, you're not losing the stuff. It's always there. You've always created it and you can use it in different ways. That's a really good way. That's that's nice that they worked out that well. That's awesome. Yep. I feel like some themes keep coming up and one of them is, is the separating yourself and your work. And this is, I think, an example of that because you feel like you're killing part of yourself but you're not it's just work it's it's fine yeah (laughs) it's just fine (laughs) it's fine all right so simplify focus combine characters hop over detours you'll feel like you're losing valuable stuff but it sets you free i feel free do you feel free i feel free as a bird excellent yeah free as bird (laughs) three as a as a tweeting bird perhaps Uh, sure. Okay, we'll see. That was a really uh, awkward segue into talking about our social media that we have it, hopefully. And <laughs> you might want to follow it. It's all writing easy. You can find it. Uh, you know, it's not like I have to go HTTP colon backslash backslash, you know, like you used to. You'll find it. It's good. If you enjoyed this, give us a review. Please. It that makes us so happy. really great. Yes, makes us happy. Helps other people find us. Most importantly, though, it makes us happy. That's the, no, no, that's not the most important part. <laughs> <laughs> it boosts our ego. <laughs> and God knows we need that. <laughs> no, it'll help other people find the podcast. And so that's the good thing. So with that, I'm going to say that writing is hard. So take it easy. I'm Mary. And I'm Melissa. Till next time, guys. Bye. Bye.